name is Kevin Holland. I want to say uh, hi and I want to welcome you to our class. Uh, say something, why don't you? Uh, I am really honored and grateful to be able to um, share some thoughts and honestly I look forward uh, more than that uh, from hearing from you and uh, us having a dialogue and a conversation around a topic that uh, is top of mind to many and uh, is uh, you know one that we need to wrestle with uh, these days. Um, I lead a, uh, I'm a, uh, the senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Van Nuys, California. Uh, this is my wife, Trey, right here. Everybody say hi to Trey. Uh, and she uh, was the navigator getting us here today, so thank you for that. And also, uh, so uh, the, our website address, in case you are interested, is uh, turningpointla.org. Uh, www.turningpointla.org so uh, you have a, if you are curious as to <laughs> where we come from or where I come from uh, you feel free uh, to check it out. I also want to say thank you to Caroline. Caroline, she is a junior here at Pepperdine and she is the angel that visited <coughs> on, from on high to make sure <laughs> that the visual, the PowerPoint set and also that we have an audio recording. So I need to watch what I say here, and you need to watch what you say too. Uh, but we'll, we'll have fun, so thank you very much. Uh, let me lead us in a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll jump right in. God, thank you for this uh, forum and this opportunity to uh, be refreshed by your spirit, to uh, learn how to be more aligned with him. Uh, we really do want to hear from you and want to be in step with your spirit, and uh, we pray that uh, this topic will um, will allow us to minister better to our brothers and sisters, to be sensitive to uh, how the spirit would move, and uh, we don't want to say anything that uh, the spirit would not have us say, mm -hmm. and we don't want to be silent on anything that the spirit would have us not be silent on. Mm -hmm. uh, may we... Uh, decrease, may Jesus in us increase, and uh, please give us a great conversation, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, so, uh, thank you once again for being here. Uh, our church is um, a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church, and uh, the last time we checked, we were approximately 30% African American, 30% uh, Caucasian, or European American, uh, 30% Latino, and then about um, eight or so percent. What's that? Uh, yeah, what's my key? We're just making sure the AV equipment. Right? You know, Caroline, put this up and say this. Uh, Thank you. Uh, we're good. If it were up to me, we would need you. We'd be in trouble. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh -huh. um, with, uh, 30, 30, 30, and then about 8%. Um, no, yeah, Asian, and 2% uh, other. Like, we have some... Uh, Sri Lankans, <coughs> Colombia, uh, 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 no, Colum Sri Lankans, yeah, we have some Indians, so forth and so on, some Middle Eastern uh, people. And uh, for many, many years, I, I never felt like we had, I feel like it's sort of a rainbow, and some people question the, whether the term colorblind is actually a positive, uh, because in one sense, we, I felt like we functioned that way, which is, I just want to know who wants to follow Jesus and who wants to do life together. And I, you know, have more in common with certain people based on other things than ethnicity uh, and, and that kind of thing. However, the past couple of years 
have brought a different level of tension in our church than I had previously felt. And uh, I thought, okay, so what, what's the best way to, to address this thing? This was around the, the building up to the 2016 presidential election and then uh, beyond. And so we had a series called uh, USA Today, uh, no, USA Under Construction, or what was it? Uh, um, I think something like that, USA Still Under Construction or, or Not Fully Completed. And we tried to address you know, all the issues and, and basically talk about, we went through the scriptures on um, the government, uh, respecting government officials, Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, uh, respecting all authority and, and so forth and so on, and, and Jesus teaching on give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to uh, God what is God's and so forth. And try to address, okay, so where do we land as a faith community and how much should we comment on or um, sort of be in the public square, as it were, and, and get into uh, these kinds of things? How is, is it positive and negative? We looked at the history of the church and specifically uh, the history of the Restoration Movement churches uh, as it relates to dealing with social issues. Having been established in the you know, early 1800s, as we know, and going through the slavery era, era the uh, Reconstruction era, uh, so forth and so on, Jim Crow, civil rights, and so forth. So uh, we had a variety of uh, discussions and opinions. And uh, we had, you know, an open forum and different people who are, uh, I've had a couple of conversations, one of which, uh, one of the guys, one of my best friends, I did his wedding, his daughter just uh, was baptized, she's 15, beautiful girl, and uh, he's from Texas, I'm from Chicago, we sit down and we have a talk, and we, we get, we like the same sports, we play the same sports, he's a great softball player, basketball player and have never ever had any beef, like in many years, like in decades, we just, we're sort of in the same foxhole trying to be like Jesus and help our families be that way. But based on the election, I had never understood sort of, you actually think that, or you actually believe that? If you had a conversation, raise your hand if you had a conversation with maybe somebody in your church and it just shocked you that they believed a certain thing when it comes to politics. Like you would have never thought them, you know what I mean? And you, and, and there had been no, no sort of weird energy or negative energy or bad vibrations before that. So that kind of thing started coming up. Fortunately, we were able to go out to lunch and have a conversation. And it was good to sit in the space of someone that you feel like is one of your dearest and closest friends and you've always gotten along but then go through the tension of, I don't agree with you, or I don't like that, that, that tenant that you hold and so forth, but go through it and rather than, okay, so I'm gonna sit on the, you're gonna sit on one side of the lunchroom and I'm gonna sit on the other. Or you know how it is, you get to church, you have your favorite seat, you know, we don't have, most of us don't meet where there are pews, but if you do, but you have your favorite seat. And you know, uh, there are, if you're not careful, uh, the enemy can see sow uh, seeds, see sows, <laughs> sow seeds of division to where uh, you leave things that that uh, are uncomfortable under the rug, and that over time takes the Jesus spirit out of the church because it's a surface thing rather than a, a deeper, more uh, I don't know, more uh, intimate heart thing. 
uh, as you know, when you've got Jesus and the uh, uh, disciples, the 12 original ones, you had people who were all over the place. You had the tax collectors that the, you know, more, the, the, um, the rest of the guys didn't like being in the group. You had the zealot who was an insurrection of Simon, and he's like, let's take the whole Roman government out. And so you had a variety of people and in, in the church. Obviously, it was, they were all Jewish, but I'm saying a, a variety of socio-political worldviews. So anyway, I, I, feel like, uh, I felt like the Spirit was saying to me, we need to address this somehow and figure out if we can have a civil discussion and at the end of it be more heart unified mm -hmm. over Jesus Amen. than we are socio-politically divided. Or uh, as, as a, a friend of mine said, will we be able to view our politics through the lens of our faith or will we succumb to what many believers do, which is, despite perhaps their best efforts or our best efforts, viewing our faith through our political lens? Right. One of the, as you know on Facebook, one of the things that I saw and we saw is that there were certain members who were much more passionate, at least ostensibly, about their views on socio-political issues than they were their, uh, you know, sort of advocacy for or being ambassadors for Christ in that sense. And so it brought out a lot of good. And I feel like we, it was, I think the spirit was happy that we addressed it. It was uncomfortable. And there are, there were some people that were like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, let's not, you know, the idea of let's not make the church political. Okay. There's enough mess out there. Let's just keep this in the lines and in, in the, uh, the boundary lines of spiritual. And it was very interesting telling me, I went to a class uh, that a woman taught, uh, actually a guy and a girl taught, and uh, they identified this dynamic in the church that, that is not atypical. I'm not saying it's every church, but it's not atypical where you have a certain demographic in the church. When they or at, at a worship gathering, they are looking to connect with God and they are looking to um, connect with each other and they are looking to get away from the tumult and the, you know, rancor that is out there that they had to deal with at work or, you know, around uh, and, you know, on uh, social media news. And so they are looking to get away from it. But there's another community that these, these people were talking about that believe that this is my most intimate family and I look forward to coming to worship and to interact with my brothers and sisters to process what is going on. So if you've got both of those groups in the church, both wanting different things from the worship and, and feeling a genuine need for different things, then the potential for one being disappointed and the other being encouraged is there. I had one um, person talk to me, actually uh, one, uh, one of the guys on our leadership team, he's just, just like, I just don't want to get too political. I just don't want to leave with this, I just want to don't want to leave worship feeling heavy. You know, like, I want to be, the point is lifted up. I want to be lifted up. I want to be, you know, my, my eyes uh, lifted up and I don't want to walk away heavier. But then 
have other members who say, you don't want to feel heavy leaving a service. This is how I feel all the time. I feel heavy all the time because of these issues that you would rather us not address. So trying to figure out a way to be diverse but be unified and be sensitive to the entire body is um, a tall task. And so I just want us, as we, I want to look at some scriptures, I've got some quotes, got some thoughts, uh, but I would like us at least to have a conversation around what should a responsible Jesus follower say given the brother or sister next to me is really depressed or they're really angry or they're really bothered or they're really um, agitated by something that's going on in the political sphere. My personal opinion is that I think it's a false dichotomy to say this is my spiritual life and this is my life life because they're really all one. And, And if something at work or at school or in the, you know, sort of in the zeitgeist of the world is, is vexing me, is bothering me, then as a brother, I should care, or, or I would want my brother to care about that and vice versa. And it's past, I feel like it's pastoral malpractice to not address the burdens and concerns of the membership and not to speak out for right or wrong in the name of uh, avoiding the social gospel, or, or that's one of the sort of the battle lines that has been in the church traditionally is, are we about the gospel? Are we about salvation? The answer is yes. Or, or are we about, quote unquote, the social gospel, which is uh, dealing with injustice and trying to improve the, uh, add value to and improve the quality of life of people. Now, Jesus, yeah. He was about preaching and teaching and healing. And so I would posit, and I think you would probably agree, that Jesus was about healing the entire person. Now, he came, obviously, to reconcile men to God, to seek and save the lost. To uh, His primary mission was to reconcile us to God. As a part of that, he wept with the hurting. He sympathized with the broken he healed the body as well as the soul and i i believe that and and in fact i don't think i would be here were there not people of faith in previous generations that were not just concerned with my soul salvation but with the uplift of the entire person does that make sense okay so i want to look at some uh, passages to me that just inform uh, my opinion on this, as we all know, uh, as a Jesus follower, as Christians, you can fi- find any, any passage in the Bible you want to justify whatever position you hold. We all know that, correct? So I'm not, I'm, this is not a proof texting thing. What, what I'm um, trying to do is say, th- this is what I am sensitive to personally. It doesn't mean that you need to be sensitive to it. But at least I would want you to hear and understand. And I want to hear from you what spiritual thoughts, scriptures, what, what sort of, um, I don't know, what things that animate you, that move you. Because ultimately, I believe that we do best if we listen to the spirit that is in us. What is he telling us to do? Now, the pastor may have an idea. 
the guy in my small group may have an idea, my spouse may have an idea, but, but you know, in my spirit, what is he telling me to do? Uh, last thing I'll say before we get to the scriptures, I have wrestled with this. It has been really, really difficult. Uh, and of course, you know, ministry is difficult. Uh, dealing with people is difficult. Can I get an oh yeah? <laughs> as, as Jeff Wallace said, no one in here. Dealing with you, I'm sure you're a breeze. You're a pastor's dream. Um, but but I have wrestled with the t and and let me say this: prior to these past couple of years, no one in my church and have been there for decades. I had a guy come up to me and said, "I never have known what your political bent is. I've never known." Uh, you know, and I was encouraged by that because I never tell people if I vote for. I don't even tell my kids who I vote for. That they're like, "Dad, we know who you vote for." I said, no, no, you don't, because you're not in the booth with me. Anyway, they, <laughs> I'm sure you know you leak. You you do leak. We all know that. Um, but what was interesting is I I that's the that is the mindset that I believe was the right thing. I never want this to be about what divides. This is always about us being like Jesus and helping each other, doing life together, help each other be like him. The Amen. thing that has vexed my conscience is that question of what will I say to my 26-year-old daughter, 21-year-old daughter, or if they have, and I'm not ready for grandkids yet, but whatever. Uh, but that's God's thing. But to those you know, future generations, will I be what those heroes and heroines of previous generations will I not be what for my next generation what they were for me which is they sacrificed and they uh, laid their lives down literally Amen. for the ability for my family and me to have a different life right. so then will I be passive out of keeping the peace and not do my due diligence as a human being and as a citizen and as a Christian. Right. So that's what's, that is what's been in me. Uh, and uh, so, hence this class. Anyway, look at some passages here. Um, obviously, we are under the new uh, covenant, the new uh, agreement in the blood of Jesus. Uh, but we can be informed by the heart of God uh, through the Hebrew scriptures and and glean a sense of just his sort of view of ideas around social justice and so forth. Isaiah says, learn to do what is right, emphatically promote justice. Give the oppressed reason to celebrate. Amen. Take up the cause of the orphan, defend the rights of the widow. Amen. So we all, I think, are familiar, most of us are familiar with this passage. Uh, we're, uh, we can remember James um, talking about religion that is pure and faultless, you know, looking at the orphans and widows in their distress and so forth. So this would seem to say that, that God is always going to be on the side of the oppressed. He is always... It doesn't, and let me say this, it doesn't mean that he approves of how they, how different people live. But he is concerned about them being able to live. Amen. He is not just concerned 
about their spiritual well-being. And perhaps you would say it's all integrated. It's all spiritual. Um, King Lemuel, the uh, proverb writer along with Solomon, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. <coughs> this, is, this is speaking specifically to those that are more underprivileged. But you can apply that to groups that are oppressed. So let me just hear, if, when you think of a group that would, uh, you know, maybe say can't speak for themselves, someone, a group that's destitute or, or uh, oppressed, what groups come to mind? These are just our opinions. I'm not going to make you say your name on, I, though I would love to hear your name, but a, a recording. But I'm just curious what, what you'd say. Yeah. Those who are low income. Okay. Low Four. income. All right. Any others? Those in abusive relationships. Abusive relationships. So we have seen, it's interesting, the, the, the Me Too movement, right, that uh, has sort of bubbled up in the, in the recent uh, years, to me has been so inspiring and encouraging. In a, in a dark world and in a dark climate, the idea that though, uh, particularly <coughs> women who has, have suffered uh, sexual abuse and discrimination in the workplace just as... <coughs> or just to accept the reality, something changed where now, you know, powerful titans of industry are being felled and dealt with in a way that they hadn't, they weren't five years ago. So that's good. To me, that is, that would be a situation of, that's a form of oppression. So I would believe that God would be for that, regardless <coughs> of other issues. Anywhere there's oppression or abuse, and it can be lifted, that's, I think that's good, okay? Right. Any others? Yeah. Um, I think that those in the, the trenches or the working community are also experiencing, that's a challenge, mm -hmm. trying to show love and respect to them when someone takes that for granted that someone has. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and so how the uh, LGBTQ community, and once again, there is a difference between approving of someone's behavior or lifestyle and loving and accepting them as a fellow human in whom, the, a fellow image bearer of God and yeah. trying to show love to them. Yeah. And, and that you're not worse than me, we're all sinners in need of God. Yeah. So yeah. That, is, that is, but it's a thorny issue. By the way, uh, there's a, I'll give you, and I don't know the website, but there is a, a member of our church named Brandon Redler. He is um, a remarkable guy, but he, he, his testimony and his teaching on how to uh, rightly hold to biblical convictions and have absolute Jesus-like compassion for the LGBTQ community, both of those intentions, Typically, people go to one side or the other, but he holds them both in tension really well. So if you want, uh, I'll give you that. Uh, it's a YouTube video he did. It's, okay. it's a mind blower. It, Brandon, it is. Brandon Redler. I, I wish I could give you the um, email address, uh, but I, I'm going to figure out a way to, to do that. I'm going to figure that out after. Man, is that a tangent, Trace? Like, I'm on a tangent. Okay, sorry. All right, so here's some other. How about um, the, the just, uh, yes, ma'am. Children, okay. Um, where whether it's you've got sex trafficking, but just uh, children that are uh, 
in, abuse, in abusive relationships, abusive parents, and so forth, and, and defenseless. Um, you would, there, I would also add to that group immigrants um, who, who, and you've got this whole issue of DACA and what, what's right there. And, and uh, of course, you know, it's a polarizing issue of immigration and, you know, all these different things. Okay, so those thoughts. There are different ethnic groups, right, that we would say are oppressed or were oppressed or are oppressed to a degree, perhaps less than they were, right? So um, it, it always is a, it, it, I, I saw this um, thing on the news where uh, it was showing this new museum that opened in Alabama. Anybody else hear about that? So it's a museum uh, which is, uh, for it, it's you're you're inspired and also just so so sad. You're you're just. But this is this is where I, this is where I'm raising my kids. But it's a museum that has memorials to the I can't, I can't remember like 800 people who were lynched in Alabama. Is that right? Is that accurate? Four thousand. Four thousand. Okay, I don't know what the number was, but this this museum I thought I remember hearing having 800. Like these pillars suspended by wire, and each representing someone who was lynched. So my point in all of this is that I think the scriptures would indicate that God's heart is, is uniquely for those that are oppressed. It's another passage uh, we can look at. Uh, or, but this is a Desmond Tutu quote that I like. If you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. Now that is an opinion. That is not scripture. That is not thus saith the Lord. But it haunt, that haunts me personally, Kevin, because um, I there there is truth that rings in that. And I, I that's the fear that I have. I don't want to stand before God or stand before the next generation, being cowardly in saying something that someone might not like if I believe it's right uh, and, and so forth. Okay, so I'm going to keep moving and then we'll have a good discussion. Um, Moses obviously giving uh, the law, uh, and this is, this is really moving to me as well. Do not mistreat foreigners who are living in your land. Treat them as you would an Israelite, a native born, and love them as you love yourself. So there's the, uh, you know, Hebrew scriptures, that, that's what Jesus reiterated uh, when the uh, expert in the law asked him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he says, remember, this is, this is really poignant, remember that you were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. Yeah. I'm the Lord your God. So you are to behave this way, or you, you are to have love for these people. Uh, one, because I am the Lord, and that's the way you need to treat people, right? It's, it's not an option. It's like, you have been loved, so love. But then he says, here's another reason. Remember, you were once oppressed. That's right. You were once a foreigner. And you come from slavery. Amen. So do not visit upon someone an attitude that, or, or a practice that harmed you and your forebears. Uh, Edmund Burke, British theologian, uh, all tyranny needs to gain a foothold is for people of good conscience to remain silent. 
interesting thought. But I think that's the debate these days. Is the spiritual thing to do to remain silent? In other words, um, you know, I don't want to say or do something that's going to cause someone else to stumble or offend someone else's spirituality. And I don't want to get on my political or social soapbox and wound the faith of some young Christian who's just trying to figure out, you know, how to get to church on Sunday. <coughs> Go the rule, do have do to others as you would have them do to you. Basic. So if I were this, if I were a woman that is, you know, that had to deal with sexual harassment, or if I were a, um, you know, a child it, it, that uh, was at risk for abuse, or if I were in a minority group. It's interesting, I was talking to a woman who uh, had a conflict in church. You know it's bad when, you, anybody else ever have like a conflict on Sunday morning during church with two members like almost going to blow, no, it, it wasn't, they weren't that much, but it was, it was a situation where um, uh, the, mute, the, the message was too loud in the lobby and one of our volunteers was talking to the sound crew. By the way, it's always challenging when you have an issue with the sound crew. So don't talk to the, the sound guy. Talk to someone else. Let them talk to the sound guy. But it's like, don't turn that down. No, it's too loud. You need to turn. And this is like, as we're sharing the love of God, you know, it all, it all worked out, all good. It was, I was proud of our church, you know, sat down, reconciled, talked it all the way through. They're, you know, best buddies now. They're probably going on vacations together. It's all good. Uh, uh, but this woman who, when she was taught too harshly by this particular other member, it hit a wound in her, which I would never have known uh, because mm, I think, I may say this, I think she is Korean, and she hearkened, she, she said the, the racial prejudice and uh, this hatred between, I think she said Japanese and Korean. I, I think that's right. But two Asian ethnicities, she says it, it makes, you know, what, whatever racism hits, it pales by comparison. And so she felt that it hit that wound. So it was just interesting that, you know, in, in that situation, uh, it, it hit something and she related to the, the uh, presence that's in the United States based on something that, that I've never experienced. Anyway, how would Jesus want, how, how would she want to be treated? Wouldn't I, if I were like her, wouldn't I want somebody to be sensitive to that? Wouldn't I want someone to speak up for me or stand up for me or hear my wound and try to behave uh, in a way that would be healing rather than harming? And if that's the case, then why would I not be an advocate for or sensitive to other people who aren't hurting or who don't have uh, the same, you know, background or issues that I have. Um, my, I, and many others, uh, hero, I, I feel like um, Martin Luther King, though sinful, um, as all are, in terms of level of self-sacrifice for the sake of what he believed God wanted against incalculable odds. At the time of his death, we, he is perhaps one of the most beloved, you know, figures of American history, mm -hmm. but he was one of the most hated, if not the most hated person in his generation. 
and how. Uh, but he so deeply believed that what he was about was right, both in terms of uh, <coughs> equity racially, but uh, at the time of his assassination, eradicating poverty and so forth and so on. He says to ignore evil is to become accomplished to it. And it's tempting to ignore <coughs> because it's fraught with risk. But his view is you are aiding and abetting. I am aiding and abetting wrong if I do not clearly speak up against it. So um, this is the, the, uh, the question that I want to leave everybody with before we start our Q&A. In your sensibility, given where you live, your heart, your background, your upbringing, um, if you listen to the Spirit, as we're talking this week, right, who, who um, you know, in Matthew 10, Jesus told his, in the limited commission, that uh, when the, his um, guys were arrested, speaking uh, later on after he would be uh, raised from the dead, when you're arrested and you're thrown in jail, don't worry about what to say because the Spirit is going to speak for you, you know, mm -hmm. and he is the advocate and the counselor like Rick talked about last night. Uh, he will convict the world of sin, so forth and so on. Uh, we know that he is in the business of prompting us and nudging us and urging us and, and speaking to us, uh, praying for us, so forth and so on. So I would just ask that we would be sensitive and pay attention, be silent enough to say, what is the spirit nudging you to stand up and say or go out and do? And it may be very different than what he's nudging me to do. But I think the goal would be, let's try to listen to him and be sensitive to him. So um, having done that, we've got about, um, I think, approximately 35, 20, 25, 30 minutes. Um, I'm just wondering, just in terms of your experience, kind of where you are in your congregation and, and life in general, uh, around this topic, what do you, what burden do you feel or, or what tension are you wrestling with? Um, it could, it, you know, and it, I would say it, this is so odd when you look at the evangelical community and I realize we're a restoration movement, people may have something, but Jesus followers, let's just say Christians, you know, Christians. I mean, we're all over the map, right? In terms of what's right. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you look at people who, who who are disciples, and you've got some that feel like this is the, the golden age of America, and you know, we're thriving, and this is good, this is great, this is, and I mean, I don't mean that majority, really believe uh, current policies, current practices are, are good. And then others are feeling like, I'm waking up every day feeling like I'm in a bad dream, and I, I can't believe we're here. And <laughs> both would say I'm a devout Jesus follower. So mm -hmm. it's just, I, it is so vexing. I have been, I have honestly, I have been amazed. I have, oh my, and I don't know that any, any other issue has affected me as much as that. It's kind of disoriented me. I just thought, I thought I knew certain things. And then, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, to that question, what, what are you wrestling with, what tension, so forth? Well, for me, you know, I go back to uh, pre uh, the election of uh, President Obama mm -hmm. back to uh, 
opposed to the president. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a fancy meeting, didn't matter, you know, what Christian that we were, we're concerned about the poor, mm -hmm. as I brought up. Mm -hmm. We're concerned about the poor mm -hmm. because the poor are not getting the health care they need. Mm -hmm. the, the poor and the, the low income, you know, mm -hmm. the moderate income, mm -hmm. they're, they're going to emergency rooms and using that as a health care provider. Mm -hmm. so, so, so we need that. And mm -hmm. so there's this debate going on at that time in the country. How do you get health coverage to those who, who need it the mm -hmm. most mm -hmm. and are being neglected and not burden the system? And we, we dealt with it as Christians, we, we were all concerned about it. Mm -hmm. Now, we can all have different views of how you do that. Do you have a universal system? <coughs> mm -hmm. Do we have a private health school system yeah. that does it? Yeah. Do we have a private system? Do we have a government system? Do we just use nonprofits to provide <coughs> it? Mm -hmm. Do we need it? Right? But mm -hmm. the idea is, you know, we all want that. Mm -hmm. and, and so for me, it's always been you stay with what the poor need yeah. of the people. Yeah. You yeah. know, Jesus saw what do the people need, right. and you try to meet that yeah. need yeah. as best you can. Mm -hmm. And and there it tends not to be a, a disagreement. Yeah. The disagreement should only be on the methods, yeah, the policy, yeah. and, and, and procedures. Right. It's only <coughs> relatively recently in our political discourse, like you said, last few years, mm -hmm. where it's changed from not a, no longer just disagreeing on the on the method, yeah. but it's gonna, it's, it's, it's disagreed on, 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 yeah. on who is truly needy yeah. and, and, and who should Christians really be concerned about. Right. Because of course, we're all truly needy and we should be yeah. concerned about all of us. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Okay, what's your name? John. John, Jones. thank you, John. Okay, so let me, I, I will get you, I promise. So here's an example. And this is, I, I have a friend and I, did, we did this Sunday message series um, Oh, what was the title? It was United States of America. Sti huh? Still under, uh, uh, I got, okay, thank you. Look at, uh, it's like under construction. Basically, we're still forming, okay? But he, he, he and I are different politically. We're, we're been friends for 20 years. I helped study the Bible with him and baptize. We're, we're, we're dear friends, completely see differently. His, his, his thought on this was, I don't want the government in healthcare. I don't want the government in healthcare. I want the church, the faith community, the Christian community in the in the country should be the healthcare. We should it, the benevolent, charitable, caring for the poor. That should be in the auspices of the faith community and out of the government. So that's what he believes. Uh, but then practically what churches are going to handle the health care needs of 320 million people? Mm -hmm. And, and the other, the, I would say I want people to have care. In other words, you know, sometimes I think we can, we can be, uh, I, can, I think we can be tempted to be focused on being great Christians, but it starts with being great humans. Like, being, like sometimes there's more human sensibility and compassion can be with certain groups that are not of faith, which then then kind of throws them, when I come to them with the message of salvation, 
it, it throws them, don't you, don't you, don't, this, your heart moves that people don't have care. So maybe, maybe a good place, is my heart, do I, am I even concerned about that before I get to the methods? But I think that's a great point. But what's your name? Uh, my name is Lori. Hi, Lori. Um, good morning. And I'm going to comment on something, but take your conversation. I'm a middle-class white woman. My husband's had two craniotomies for brain cancer, and we oh. wouldn't have been poor America, but, but without insurance, we would have been ruined. So, I mean, you can take any conversation and extrapolate yeah. it to poor people, middle-class people, rich yeah. people all get cancer and all yeah. have the same problem. So it, yeah. every topic is complicated. Yeah. But as you were speaking, you were talking about like church on a Sunday morning. I really appreciated, you know, I've been at home all week. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. And you're like, you've been at home all week and that's been heavy and you need to talk about it. When you said that, I thought, boy, that's the truth. But that's why relationship is so important outside of our churches on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. We have to be in community with each other. Yep. And I'm the first person to say, I have work, I have kids, I have this, I have that. It's inconvenient. Well, yep. we can't have these kinds of conversations and growth in and, and make progress unless we're in relationship. Yep. And yep. it's community is part of that. And as you were talking about all these different topics that we could think about and do and speak to justice and want justice for, there are so <laughs> many that I, you know, you just kind of go like yep. this. But that right there, what is the spirit nudging us, and me and my community, in my circle of influence, or is he asking me to go outside of my circle of, of influence? Because we can't as an individual tackle every yeah. subject. So yeah. what is he calling us to do? Yeah. And and I and we're we we are doing something at our church where we're what's called the the faith gap where we're where we're tackling a topic right now and it's caused great divide in our church as we're growing and learning and we're talking about things. And you realize not everyone thinks the way you yeah. do, but is this Isn't but that shocking? zip your mouth <laughs> shocking. zip your mouth, yeah. go home and pray about it and let the spirit move you in your conversation. Yeah. But until we learn to have civil discourse, even within a church community yeah. And I'm learning, do not believe everything I believe. Question yeah. what I believe. That's and, I can't, and I can't find scripture to yeah. support whatever I want. Yeah. But so can the person across exactly. from me. So I have to quit. It, it can't be my way or the highway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where conversations get cut off. And I'm the first person to go, I don't want to talk to you about that. Yeah. So it means I need to go home and pray about that because you are my sister or my brother in right. Christ. And if I cut you off, I'm doing the exact thing God's calling me not to mm -hmm. do. But agreeing mm -hmm. to disagree yeah. has become something that we don't accept in this country. Yeah. You can't yeah. be my friend unless you think the way I do. Yeah. And that's yeah. a problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Well said. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. Did, did I miss somebody? Let me. Let me I'll go. Ladies first. I like that. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've got that one down. So, okay. <laughs> Wait, this I just want to simply say I've been trying to remind myself to seek first Wendy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Okay, yeah. What's your name? Uh, Larry. Hey, Larry. Uh, I, I struggle with this. I guess that's probably why we're here. We're all kind of yeah. trying to yeah. debate this. Yeah. Uh, um, and so the, the discussion is really good. Um, we'll get certain one to, you know, be subject to the governing authorities because that's their job. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess so 
subject even when you don't agree with yeah. them mm-hmm. or them mm-hmm. because they are from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, um, I mean, if, we, if we're using example like Germans, Matthew yeah. 36, yeah. Um, be subject to the governing authorities, is there a point, Bonhoeffer thought there was a point. Right, mm-hmm. well said, yeah. When, when you, you know, evil is just so evil. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, how do we be subject yeah. to the governing authorities because yeah. they actually are from God even yeah. even when the ruler yeah. is, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and still, can we just go be Jesus to our communities of sin, whether they're LGBT or mm-hmm. they're immigrants or whatever they are, can mm-hmm. we just be Jesus to them? Or do we need to move into another level yeah. that kind of goes makes you feel like, uh-oh, this, this is a governing authority. They aren't doing it this way. Do I stand up against that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Even I do. Even government, I do. it's not just being Jesus to your neighbor yeah. or, or somebody that's different than you. Yeah. It's kind of going to another level that makes you uncomfortable in Romans 13, yeah. 1 and 2. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and we're not going to ask you that in Washington, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that is, that's the question I, I it seems to me that if I get alone with the Spirit and really just ask Him, okay, I, I really want to be aligned with you. Help me. Some, an example would be, now this is it's somewhat different, but Paul, his confrontation of Peter over you know, uh, separating themselves uh, from the Gentiles in Galatians 2, there was a point where he felt like I need to address this guy. Now, obviously, P- pillar, uh, Peter is a pillar in the church, and, and so there's a level of respect. And in one sense, he is an authority. I'm not saying a governmental authority. Um, but I, I, I think there is a way to respect the authority of um, an official as in a position that is sanctioned by God but still communicate certain behaviors are right or wrong. So for instance, um, you know, uh, I, I believe that an at a, as a pastor, people in, in my church need to hear if, if innocent people are being shot on the street, uh, if, if people are being treated uh, Badly and under suspicion because they're immigrants. I can say that is wrong because God says it's wrong. That is, I, I am not saying in that breath, don't submit to the governing authorities. You know what's interesting too? Uh, I says, I think it helps. I, I think it's fair to say we are more driven by our political bents than we probably realize, all of us include. I just because, you know, it's sort of, it's been in our water supply <laughs> as Americans for so long, you're just unaware of it, it's like in the DNA. But I realized uh, in, in these conversations, there's stuff that bothers me that, that many of my friends are not even aware of. And it, what's been great in this, here, here's something I would encourage. If you, if you have the opportunity to go to lunch with someone in your church, who you guess thinks differently than you. Hey, let me let me take you out to lunch after, you know, after our gathering. And I just want to hear how you see the world. 
Now, you, you got to have a good time with God before that. <laughs> now, uh, it, it, it's a good exercise. It really is because it tests how much of Jesus, how much do I really want to be like Jesus? And I mean, I, we all do. I know we do sincerely. But what means could God use? Probably dealing with some uh, people who, whose opinions make you mental. Like, you know, who, who, how can you do that? And then, okay, so now am I going to treat you on the basis <coughs> of our, your love for Jesus, or am I going to treat you on the basis of, of where you are politically? I think Bonhoeffer, his conscience told him he had to do what he did. And I think that's, the, 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 he would say this, God's word of the spirit animating his conscience, he would say that. So I think we've got to listen to that still small voice, like, you know, where Elijah, he's not in the earthquake, he's not in the fire, he's not in the wind, he's in the whisper. <coughs> Uh, but we got to be, I think, quiet enough to hear the whisper. Yes. Uh, so, um, okay, all right, all right. Let me do you right here, Andrew, and then Steve. Oh, you didn't. So we didn't wear our name tags. So we're. Uh, of course, you didn't leave yours on the desk like I did. Okay, <laughs> okay so Amanda. Okay, uh, who? You, Andrew first. So, <coughs> I, I think that you know, as a preacher, my job is to actually preach about the factfulness of situations. Mm -hmm. about reality mm -hmm. and to help people see that the reality that they've held for so long isn't what it is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a book that uh, it's called Factfulness by a guy named Hans Rosling mm -hmm. that uh, it's a it's a great book it blows up the world view that we all hold of developing nations and mm -hmm. third world countries and a whole bunch of other things and then if we take that into our own lives and ask where have I gotten it wrong mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. in church, mm -hmm. in my community, mm -hmm. and then as, as others have said, if I go and sit with a person and learn their story and their opinion well enough that I can send it back to them mm -hmm. and they Mirror understand it, yeah. it and hear it yeah. and say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. I mean, just that alone yeah. would change the, the conversation yeah. instead of you know, well, you're a da 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 <laughs> you know, the arguing constant bickering. Yeah. I look back at the, the passage that says, you mourn with those who mourn, you weep with those who weep, yeah. you rejoice yeah. with those who rejoice, you know, you celebrate with those who are celebrating. And on Sunday morning, we have to be able to do both. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. And you're some right. Sundays is going to be really heavy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And those who are like, but I want it uplifting. Get over yeah. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, because the, the world's on fire. So, so for yeah. instance, uh, Charlottesville, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, you know, um, Parkland, like we, where this is the generation we're in, and and God wants us to be ministers of reconciliation, but to not speak to what's top of mind to the people we're trying to reach is 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 not. I just that's just not. I don't think it's Jesus like. So one example of this that I've heard from somewhere else, somebody else. There's a group of women who went to a strip club to help the women do their makeup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And then they took them food. Mm -hmm. Like, that's loving a person where they are yeah, and showing them you care yeah. and, and not condemning and judging yeah. and saying, I see what you're doing. I yeah. understand it. Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you be you better. Yeah. I, I don't want to support your thing. Yeah. At yeah. the same time, I want to support you yeah. as a person. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that, that's a really weird thing. Yeah. Well, it could be. That's a takeaway to answer, mm -hmm. uh, to speak to what you were saying. 
I can get overwhelmed. I got enough just trying to deal with my own nuclear family here. Like, I can't save the world. But uh, Andy Stanley says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So mm -hmm. whether it's that or there are some, some in our congregation who have marked, like with the, the travel ban issue, and they mar marched at LAX for, for immigrant rights, not, not a political party, but just, and not calling out someone by name, but saying, I believe in this. And, and maybe that's what the spirit, someone else would, uh, let's say, do something different. But I, I think that we need to, anyone, and, and anyone that is doing something they believe the spirit is leading to do that, that scripturally is right to show compassion or to love somebody, you can't go wrong loving somebody. You can go wrong in other areas, but if you are doing a, an act or a demonstration of love, it's hard to, hard to go wrong. Thank you. Uh, Steve? One thing that I think has helped me in kind of resolving some of this tension as I've been struggling with it is uh, as leaders, we often think, and, and we need to, we draw lines in the sand. Sometimes mm -hmm. we make proclamations mm -hmm. that we're going to do what God says. But I think sometimes we may overdo that. Hmm. And what has helped me has been to kind of follow the example of my master Jesus and speak parabolically mm -hmm. sometimes. Hmm. Throw okay. things out there that aren't necessarily so definite, but look for the raised eyebrow. Look yeah. for the person who's kind of in a zone and suddenly yeah. comes to life. Yeah. I love it when someone yeah. comes to me afterwards and says, Steve, what you said, now that could be implied in a certain way. Tell yeah. me what yeah. you're really thinking. Because yeah. what that does is allows us to maybe engage with or find out yeah. who else the Spirit is nudging. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That yeah. heart is open for more personal engagement yeah. at that point, whereas yeah. the, the larger crowd may not be. Well said. Yeah, you're a good man. We go way back, mm -hmm. 80s. Uh, let's see. Yes, Amen. Um, I think one of the things that I struggle with, um, if you were to look at my Facebook, you would not think that I have strong opinions politically. Yeah. You know me for more than about oh, a month. You realize yeah. yes, I do. Yeah. Um, I think as Christians, it's how do we, how do we publicly stand up? I mean, how That's do a I? That's a great question. How do I publicly stand up and address the fact that I have friends that have been in situations where they didn't feel safe because of the color of their skin? That's, I, I just so appreciate you bringing that up. That's, I'll, I'll speak for me personally uh, to, to address that. But we, uh, I, you know, with different shootings in the recent past few years um, of unarmed African-American guys, I, I, anytime there's any, what I would say is a, a crisis, a significant, I feel like we have to address it rather than stick our head in the sand. And then take it to, okay, so what, what would Jesus be about in this mm -hmm. moment? But I think so much of it, like you said, Amanda, is acknowledging the issue. And, and uh, I remember when somebody, after the election, I have a friend, a uh, great friend. His name is Reese. He called me, and he was just saying, hey, how are you feeling? 
And in that conversation, I talked to many other people, but I didn't feel like any of them were with me in how I was feeling. But he was. And it was like, he didn't solve anything. We didn't even talk politics, but he was there. He was like, I get you. That, to me, I feel like you you should use social media in a way to express love or support or solidarity. I had this, this situation where I spoke uh, out about this. We had people who've been profiled in, in our church just stand up on a Sunday. If you've ever been pulled over by a policeman uh, for no reason and profiled, stand up. And I don't know, maybe 50 people in our church did it. Uh, I've, I've had that experience, and I'm not, you know, a martyr, but I've had that experience. If someone hasn't had that experience, it's going to be important for them, to the degree that they want to love like Jesus, to say, tell me what that was like. In the same way that I would talk to a woman who's had to deal with harassment at work, what is that like? So I think expressing, I am so sorry that happened, I am with you, and, and I said on that Sunday morning, and I have had incredible interactions with police officers who've been great dudes. And sometimes they've been, uh, you know, patient and, and many times they've been friendly and all of that. So it's both. I think it's acknowledging both. I don't know that there's a right or wrong way to do it, but I think when when you hear the spirit telling you to do something and you don't, I, I would be more worried about that personally than I would someone, because no matter what you do, somebody is going to be offended, That's right? right. I, I posted, and I'm not saying this was, my wife is always like, don't you post that. <laughs> so, <laughs> she, she's a, a great person. But, uh, but I, I, uh, I posted something about the, after the Parkland shooting, uh, and it was not political. It was a, an article that was by, done by a physician, a woman who had treated the patients from the Parkland shooting. And it was just a, maybe some of you saw it, it was just a medical uh, treatise on the degree of wounding that an AR-15 does compared to some other weapon. Which I thought, it's easy to talk in clinical terms and theoretical terms, but if you're in an ER dealing with people, that person needs to be listened to. And I, that was my opinion. And you know, a lot of people supported it. I had a couple of trolls go all Second Amendment on me and, you know, uh, but that, that, you know, that, that happens um, as though we're, con we're talking to two totally different things. But I think ultimately in your circle of people, your community, people that know you, it, advice and so forth, but it's ultimately what is the spirit telling me to do? Yes. Last one. Yes. What's your name? Okay. Fern. Fern. Hi, Fern. Hi. And I forgot my name. Okay. <laughs> Well said. Uh, my friend says that person's ouchy. Don't be so ouchy. <laughs> so um, with that and Fern's final comment, uh, thank you very much for your attention. And uh, let's just try to pay attention to what is what the spirit is nudging you to stand up and say or go out and do. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.